0: So what I would say is first, see if you can figure out what brings you joy. What is it that you really love to do? What would you do if you weren't getting paid for it? Mm. Because when you start out, you are not making a lot of money. Trust me. Right. So what would you do if you weren't getting paid for it? And then is what you want to do something that you can still do while you're working? Or is it something you need to make a clean break? Because not all side hustles work while you're working. And for what I wanted to do or figure out what I wanted to do, I could not do that by working every day because my work takes place mostly during the day. And then surround yourself with people whom you trust and who will encourage you. Not yes people, people who will encourage you because there are enough naysayers out there. Yeah. Don't worry about them. Find somebody, one or two or three or more people who will be supportive of your goals and help you to get
1: there. You're listening to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Podcast, where every run is a trail party. I'm your host, Kim Levinsky, and today's episode is the recording from our Run Venture Zoom series on Facebook Live from Wednesday, October 7th, 2020. We sat down with Rita Williams-Bogard to hear her inspiring story of falling in love with running and living out her mantra of, it's never too late to find your passion. So sit back and relax or grab some Dunkin' Donuts and hit the trails and enjoy the show. Today's episode is presented by our very own line of Sasquad trail runners action figures. Now you can carry along your favorite Sasquad team member on your long run so many kick-butt runners to choose from and even the big guy, Sasquatch himself. Action figure tuck-and-roll Diana even comes with realistic bloody knees and elbows. Our action figures are small enough to fit in your hydration pack or running belt. And each one even shouts out encouraging phrases just when you need them most. Girl, you got this. Squatch big or go home. Time for some carnage. Not sold in stores. Call today, 1-800-SASQUAD. 1 800 S A S S Q U A D. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Sasquad Trail Runners Run Venture Zoom series. I am here with my friend Rita, and we've got a really fun, exciting night ahead of us. I'm super excited, and I hope that you are joining us. And pre gaming the uh, vice presidential debate, filling your mind with positive, positive. positive <laughs> content before whatever's going to happen at nine o'clock. Hopefully, it's a little better than the last one. Anyway, we're going to jump into this. I'm going to give a little bit of an update on what's going on with Sasquatch Trail Runners to fill you in. And by the way, my name is Kim Levinsky, I'm the owner and race director, and I'm joined here by. Rita Williams Bogar, and we're going to give her an awesome introduction in a couple minutes. Uh, before I run, give give you the the squatchy rundown of what's happening in uh, Sasquatch Land. So, we started up Sasquatch Trail Running. If you're unfamiliar with us, we started hosting our trail races in 2018. In January, we are coming up on the start of year four, which is wild that we are approaching year four already. So. We host trail races all around the state. They were on a brief pause since March, but we got back to in-person trail events last weekend when we were at the Wachung Reservation for our annual Squachung Surprise Trail Race. (laughs) And it was an awesome, awesome time. Thank you so much to all of our runners and hikers who came out and just showed great support. We sold out all three events. We had a 5K, three hour and six hour and a huge 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 thank you to our volunteer dream team. If you follow us on social media you come to any of our races. I know I'm a broken record when I say thank you but I'm telling you these races do not happen with volunteers that's across the board with any event Um, and especially for us you know an event like Squatch Young Surprise is there's so many moving pieces and it does not happen without volunteers who are there throughout the day. So Coming up around the corner, we have our next event. It's coming in really hot on October 17th. We got the makeup date from our April event, the last Squatch Standing. We will be at the South Mountain Reservation in West Orange, New Jersey for this event. And it's super, super fun. It's an elimination race, and it puts a little bit of a spin on the Backyard Ultra style event. So there's basically, there's a one mile trail loop, and we have our race clock out there. There's a certain amount on the of time on the clock and you have to complete that one mile loop before the clock runs out or you get eliminated from the race. And we keep going, time keeps coming off of the clock until we get down to one runner. So since this is a small loop trail, it's one mile long and half of it is single track, we've reduced the capacity of of the event to only 50 runners but we're offering two different divisions. So we'll be able to have 100 folks come out over the course of the day but the 8 a.m. is the designated competitive division. And the 1 p.m. is the designated nothing but fun division. So for the 8 a.m. start, we only have seven spots left and those are reserved for our lady squatches. We, we wanna keep a 50-50 ratio in the event. So if you're a lady, you're gonna see that it's uh, it, it shows up as sold out on Ultra Sign Up. Just click, add yourself to the wait list and then I will send you an invite for you to register and you'll be able to bypass the wait list. Guys, if you want to get in, we are maintaining the wait list, so if we have any cancellations uh, a few days out before the race, we'll see if we can open up some spots. There's still plenty of room in the 1 o'clock opening. I think we've got maybe 35 spots for the 1 o'clock start, so you can check that out on ultrasignup.com. And then the following weekend, October is, is a busy month, so October 24th, we are doing our annual Run, Hike, and Eat event at the (laughs) Hacklebone State Park. Isn't that a great name? (laughs) In uh, Chester, New Jersey. Oh, sorry, my cat's making her exit. Uh, Chester, New Jersey, and it is a, it's basically a trail meetup, so you're going to come to the park around 9 a.m. and go out and explore the trails. It's a small park. There's a nice four or five mile loop That we can give you directions to. And this is a great event to invite your friends who maybe have never tried trail running. If you've never tried trail running or hiking, this is the perfect event to just come. It's it's laid back low key. You can go out on your own or you can connect with other folks who are going to be there. And then once you're done exploring the park, one mile down the road is the Hackle Barney Cider Mill which has the best cider donuts around. So we'll head over there to hang out again, bring your family and uh, it's gonna be a great morning on the trails and then at the cider mill. So then moving on to November, November 28th, we have our Squatchy Leftovers 5K 10K. That's again, back at the South Mountain Reservation in West Orange, New Jersey. And again, to allow more runners to come, we're offering two different start times at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And you can sign up for either the 5K 10K for those two start times and we're limiting each start to a hundred folks. So we'll have 200 people come out over if we sell out over the course of the day, but you can choose your start time and you're welcome to, uh, we'll do staggered starts so everybody is spread out. And then this is exciting. We just got the green light for our ugly sweater night race in December. We're not going to officially open up registration yet until I get the permit emailed to me. I want to have it in my email before we open that up, but Put it on your calendar, December 19th. It's a Saturday, and we are moving locations to the Mayland Dickerson Reservation in Jefferson, New Jersey. So New Jersey State Parks, their status right now is they're not allowing permits to go out for the rest of the year. So we're just adapting, and we found this awesome reservation. It's in Jefferson, not too far from Stokes State Forest. It's a little bit uh, closer on 15. Uh, But you can check out that trail map, and we're going to update Ultra Sign Up registration page in the next week once we get the official permit. So stay tuned for more details from that. So, okay, now it's the fun part. So I'm here with my friend Rita. And so Rita and I connected over social media uh, earlier this year. So I saw Rita was posting on, on Facebook about her adventures on the Lenape Trail. Now the Lenape Trail, we're gonna talk a lot about this but I'll give you a brief overview of it. It's basically about 36 miles and it's an urban trail adventure. That's how it's described online. That goes all throughout Essex County. It kind of makes this horseshoe shape. Um, I've run it several times. It is so much fun. It's a great time to hop on it in regular training runs. If you do the point to point, it's very fun. And if you do the point to point, a lot of folks, what they do is they'll start at the Milburn train station leave their car and then you get a one-way ticket to Milburn train station to Nork Broad Street and you you got everyone's got their packs and their snacks and their water you hop off the train and then you take the scenic route all the way back to Millburn and it weaves in and out over a dozen parks it's a very very cool experience. So Rita was posting all these pictures on Facebook of these section hikes and runs that she was doing so I reached out and I was like you got to tell me what's going on What are you doing? She was doing out, going out with friends on this trail, and come to find out that she was doing the Lenape Trail in sections so that she could eventually complete it. And um, so I invited her to come on the podcast because I loved hearing her story. Found out that she just recently got into running over the last few years, and then found out that she owns her consulting firm and does a lot of traveling around the country not right now, but before COVID. And uh, she's a motivational speaker. And if you know me, you're, you're going to know that got Kim excited. So I, I, Rita went to the top of the list of, of uh, friends that we wanted to invite on the podcast. So I'm so excited, Rita, that you are here with us. I have so many topics that I want to cover. I got a list on my phone, but we'll pace ourselves and we'll allow, uh, If you're if you're on the Facebook page, get your questions ready. You can drop them in the chat. And then at the end, we will, um, I'll I'll open that up and read them to Rita. So, all right, I'm going to stop talking. Rita, thank you so much for joining us tonight.
0: Cam, thank you so much for inviting me. This is exciting, absolutely exciting. So I'm looking forward to our conversation.
1: That's great. And you got to tell us, what is your background behind you?
0: So my background is the Mills Reservation. And notice I've got the one, Lena- I don't know if I can point, yes. the Lenape Trail Market <laughs> there. And I ran that one in particular. I said, you know, if we're going to talk about trails and running and hiking, I got to have my background at yes. a place where I've been. So that's one of them that I keep going back to. As I
1: well. love it. I love it. I love the green. We're starting to see all the colors change right now. Yes. So. Yes. Let's, let's talk about first your running journey. How did you get into running? I would love for you to share your story about how you're a relatively new, newer runner you started in the last few years and, and what got you started on this journey that you're on. So thank you.
0: All great questions. So I started running three years ago, September. And so it started with the Montclair YMCA. There were a group of us who were in a lose-to-win weight loss challenge, and, and that was 2016. And a bunch of us were with this one trainer, Ted Channer, and he created such a great group that we became friends and a family. We call ourselves FitFam, Fitness Family. So at the end of that particular year, which was 2016, I heard about the Montclair Donut Run. Uh I said, "Hmm, I can have donuts, you know, so (laughs) I walked that entire three miles, which was oh my god, this is a long 3.1 miles. And then fast forward, I read up on the lose to win challenge again and with the same group of people. And that fall, my dear friend, Elsie Jenkins, who's one of the people I've been posting about in the pictures, said, I'm going to show you how to run because she joined a run club and somebody showed her because I was always saying my legs hurt, my back hurt, everything hurts when I run. Well, I was doing it wrong. And so we would go to the park, we'd walk around the park, we'd do interval training, and I was dying. 30 seconds? yet! come on, come on. When are we going to get to the 30 second mark? (laughs) And that's what she was doing. She was laughing, and then we'd jog, walk, jog, walk. And that inspired me to start seeing how much longer can I jog before I have to walk? Mm. And our other friend, Joanna Grellon, who also I post about, she was coaching both of us because Joanna can just run, absolutely go. We can't keep up with her. (laughs) And so that was September of 2017. And we were training for the Ashenfelter 8K Mm
2: -hmm.
0: here in, in, over in Glen Ridge. And I set a goal for myself and said, I'm going to run most of this and I'm going to get it done in 90 minutes because I don't care about how fast anybody else runs. My goals are to finish the race because DNF is not in my vocabulary.
1: Yes, that's right. (laughs) Not
0: there. If I have to crawl, I'm going to finish. Yes. (laughs) Finish the race. And if it's a race I've done before, my other goal is to beat my prior time. Awesome. And then somewhere along the way, I got hooked.
2: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: that September, we started training, ran the Ashton met my goal and beat it by five minutes. Awesome. November, I had a business trip to Florida that January. And what's the first thing I do? I looked for a 5K before (laughs) I even got on the plane.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's awesome.
0: (laughs) So now everywhere in the world I go, I look for a place to run.
1: That is awesome.
0: To run, yeah.
1: That is awesome. I do have to, I'm going to read you one comment in the Facebook chat. Uh, Elaine Yee and Sheila Kelly were on there and said they think that you guys were all at the sneaker factory together. Yes. They wanted to say, they said hi on there.
2: Hey, Uh, (laughs) I,
0: I give them props because that was my introduction to trail running. So you had the fat, sas, fat Sasquatch, the after Thanksgiving event yes. a couple of years ago. Yep. And I did that one. It's kind of slippery. And I said, mm, I don't know about this. And okay. then you had the event at the sneaker factory. And so, yes, the two of them and I, we were at the back because I didn't know anything about trail running.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And so they were so great. Make, didn't make me feel bad at all for holding every holding them up. They're it was, the best. no, let's do this. And- that event got me really interested in trail running. Mm. So I said, okay, so you, I owe a lot of this to you too, Kim.
1: Oh, thank you, Rita. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was the, was that the intro to trail running clinic?
0: Yes, so yes. it was okay. comparing trail running to road running.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Man, yes. that seems like a lifetime ago, right?
0: <laughs> right, and that was just a year because I was prepping for my first half marathon. Notice yeah. I said first. Yes. my first <laughs> marathon when I came to that event. Yes.
1: Awesome. So, okay, you started this running journey and now on your travels, you're you're looking for races and everything. So this was, I, I got a sneak peek of this because I got to talk to Rita a couple weeks ago about this, but I would love for you to share with um, the people who are listening, what do you do when you travel and looking for runs and running tours you've been telling me about is it's so so cool I didn't even know those existed so you got to tell us about it
0: sure so you mentioned speaking and that's what I do so I'm usually traveling to speak at a conference or traveling for a meeting or I'm traveling just because I mean there's a whole world out there to see and travel is what I live and breathe for I work so I can pay for (laughs) (laughs) traveling or get clients to pay for it And so this connects to that addiction to running. So January of 2018, I ran in the 5K in Florida. And then I did the 10K at Branchwood Park. Nope. And then I ran in Newport. So I had a meeting in Rhode Island and they had a 5K, a half and a full. I did 5K because I nowhere in the world was I going to do a half. And then I knew I was going on a Baltic cruise that June. Ooh. Oh, it was great. It wow. started in Amsterdam, and we covered eight countries. I stood on the wow. path of the Berlin Wall.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Yes. I took the tourist shot with me standing, straddling huh. <laughs> the markers. But what I did is I was looking for a race in Amsterdam. So I go to my friend Google. Find me a 5k in Amsterdam because I was going to spend three days there before the trip and a day after. And I can't find any races, it's too hot. I don't know what's going on, but there are no races. Okay, and all of a sudden, I saw something on TripAdvisor that said Amsterdam running tour. Mm -hmm. And I said, Mm -hmm. What a running tour? Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I did all the research, everything seemed safe, it seemed interesting. And the night that I got there, I texted the guy who coordinates it and he picked me up the next morning. Turned out, nobody it was off season, so nobody else was there. So I had a private running tour of the wow. city center of Amsterdam. We did about eight or nine kilometers
2: uh-huh.
0: running around the city center. And what was nice is you get to see it, you get the activity, you get some exercise, And it's faster pace. So he'd run at my pace. And I told him I was new at this. So don't go eight miles, you know, eight minute mile. And so we would stop and we'd take pictures and he'd give me some history and then we stop and take some more pictures and you know, do the whole tourist thing and really get a different perspective. So while I was there, I ran independently because now I know my way around independently yeah, yeah. in the morning, in the daylight, because I am in a country that I don't live in. Right. And then I was, and then I tried to do one in Sweden, but the guy hadn't responded to my email. And I also wanted to do one in Denmark as part of the, wow. while this I was This is incredible,
1: be there. Rita. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm traveling around the United States for business. Mm-hmm. And I decided, well, now that I know there's such a thing as a running tour, let me find a running tour everywhere I go. Yeah. And I created a map on Google Maps, and my icon is a runner. Okay. And I put that runner everywhere that I've run. So I've run in eight or nine states so far. Mm-hmm. So I went to Dallas a year ago, two years ago, and took a running tour in Dallas and since it's hot you start in the dark right. and then it gets daylight. I ran in Denver Wow. couldn't breathe for the first 20 oh,
1: minutes. Oh with the altitude right?
0: Yeah you know you come out and you start doing what you're doing and all of a sudden
1: <laughs>
0: oh, <I> can't <laughs> breathe and the guy he's laughing you know. <laughs> there were two of us on that one and then we did do the Up the staircase of City Hall, where the mile high marker is.
2: Oh
1: yeah, yeah. That was my rocky moment. Yes.
0: (laughs) I've run in San Diego. I've run in Louisiana. Ran in Nola, of course. Had to run when I was in New Orleans. Uh huh. Um, I have to look at my map. New York, because I did my first 15K was the in Prospect Park.
2: Awesome.
0: So New York, New Jersey, Rhode Island. Massachusetts I had meetings in Boston so they have the
1: Freedom Trail in Boston yes yes
0: I ran the Freedom Trail
1: wow and I had awesome. to
0: conquer my fear of bridges
1: which oh, I man, thought I true. had
0: conquered right you know the bridges that are great yes
2: I know face. that is freaky that's freaky
0: yes and there was one that said it was a I forgot what the name of that phobia is, but it was that phobia free zone. So, what better way to trigger it than to read about it yeah. right there? And that was only about three feet, and then the rest of it is <laughs> you can just see. Them. So, I'm looking up and I'm trying to pretend the bridge isn't moving because oh, I know I it's get late,
2: right? Oh. Yes.
0: <laughs> and of course, once I get across and run around, I've got to get back. Right. Right.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and the people I was behind on my way back, they were so slow.
2: Oh no! And I
0: kept thinking, I got to get off this bridge. I got to get yep. off this bridge. You know, so I I just ran around them.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: so I could get off. But yes, yeah, so I've been privileged to be able to run in eight different states. Mm-hmm. Let's see, oh yeah, Florida is in there too. Yes, and I've run in Holland. So that would be the Amsterdam run. I've got to get some more international runs.
1: <laughs> in yeah. Greece.
0: I ran in Mykonos.
1: Did you really? I that was my last, last big time. trip.
0: Okay. I went to Greece for my birthday in this past, last November. Wow. And I said, I've got to run. I'm in Greece. The home of Marathon. Yeah. Right. And I ran a mile on the beach in Mykonos. Wow. wow. Yes. And there is a whole community of running tour operators. Mm. So the guy who was my guide in Dallas, I saved all of his contact information and he told me anytime I'm wanting to run somewhere else to let him know and he will introduce
1: me to his
0: colleagues.
1: That's awesome. I'm sure it's probably, I would guess, a close-knit community.
0: Right. They have their own closed Facebook group. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, closed community. And so I posted on TripAdvisor to make sure, okay, please remember me because (laughs) I will take him up on that offer. So it's been fun. I was supposed to run in Portland and with Portland, I was also going to run to Washington because they share a border. Right, Oregon, and Washington State. And then I get carried away, Kim, because I'm looking at the map saying, <laughs> well, there's just another state right there. And
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It, it's it's the quest, right? It's, it's yes. the quest of, of trying to do more and more.
2: Right. I
1: totally get it. So all these places, is it possible for you to choose a favorite spot that you've run? Or is it just so varied that
0: it's so varied. That's
1: probably not a fair question to ask. <laughs>
0: no, it is so varied, so yeah. so varied. But yeah, I would, I'm going to continue to do this.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's let's dive into the Lenape Trail. What got you started on this journey, and where are you at in terms of the sections that you've done or completing it all together Since the last time we chatted, or you got Well, you got to fill everybody else in, but <laughs> okay. tell, us, tell us about how you got. Um, how you got on the Lenape
0: Trail? Sure, and I hope my buddy Elsie is watching this because I tell her it's her fault.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's she, we, all, we all have some of those friends, right? Yes.
0: <laughs> and she threw down the gauntlet back in March, I think it was, and said, You know, I think we ought to do the Lenape Trail. Yeah. And I'm looking at this post saying, Well, I'll be one of your supporters. You know, I'll drive, I'll show up with food and water or right. something. And there's a part in my brain that is very self-competitive, and I'm looking to find what's the boundary, what's the barrier. Right. So every time I reach something, it's, okay, I got to do more, I got to do more, I got to do more. So we took a systematic approach, and we just took sections of the trail and just hiked and tried and hiked and tried, because we also knew we needed to make sure our legs were in the right condition, our breathing was in the right condition, our head (laughs) we did that half mile vertical climb at South Mountain
1: oh yeah because
0: we started there
1: (laughs) oh boy you start out with the toughest part
0: (laughs) yes yes and so we just took sections different sections for a number of weeks and then we got decided to try something else when we went to Wachong and we went to other places went to Bear Mountain and hiked there yeah, that was great. We took the path that everybody else was not going on.
1: Yeah, especially I know. It gets so crazy over there, Bear Mountain.
0: Especially on a holiday. And it was, I forgot what holiday, 4th of July, maybe. Oh, and man. everybody so wanted to go to the top, so we went the other way. Okay. And so we have done together, and I mentioned, Joanna, the three of us are the core group uh-huh. for the hiking, because we're we're really serious about this. Yeah. We have hiked every section of the trail awesome. and then one Sunday September August we completed 18 miles of it
1: awesome, awesome. yes how so was we, that was it was it tough easy what, what would that look like
0: it was tough uh-huh. we started I think we started at hilltop okay. I can't remember if we started at hilltop or eagle rock but by then, Hilltop, the grass had grown, so we felt like a oh, children yeah. of the corn coming out <laughs> of the grass.
1: <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. <laughs>
0: yes. So we did that, and we went to Cedar Grove through the woods. And mind you, we had done all of that the other way.
2: Oh, so now okay. it's,
0: is this the right path? Because some of it's right. marked and some of it isn't marked right. well. But we continued, and then after we came out of Mills, I guess it was, that's when I came out of my hiking shoes and put on my trail running shoes.
2: Okay.
0: And I got your point about why it's easier to run and hike in the woods than it is on the pavement. Because at first yes. I thought, yeah, pavement, because I like running on the road. It's stable. and all. I felt such a difference when I
1: stepped on grass again. It's a lot easier on your body. You don't realize it until you start doing a little bit more on the trails.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And so we ended
1: up in Branchville Park. Awesome.
2: Yes, in Park.
1: So did you, logistically, did you have one car at one end, one at the other? Or did you call for a ride from other friends?
0: We had our cars and two, we had two cars between us. Okay. But we ended up calling for a ride. Got it. To bring us back to where our cars were. Yeah. Yeah. When we ran We did the Brooklyn half in New Jersey in May. That's what we did. We had one car at our starting point and another car kind of in the middle filled with supplies. Okay. And so when we get halfway, we got some kind of electrolytes or something and then continue and then come back and then drive back. Right. So it was fun. It's so much fun. Who knew? I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who knew that I'd be doing this? If anybody had told me, I'd be saying, yeah, right. Because I used to complain yeah. in the gym, just running around the gym to warm up for a class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Why are they making us run around? Now it's, okay, what's next?
1: Yes. yes. I love that. I love that. So do you and your crew, do you have plans? Do you want to do the full 36 or do you think you'll do another large section? Or was that kind of, did that wrap up your journey when you did the eighteen?
0: We're going to do another large section. Okay. Because what we decided was, okay, we might not do the 36 as soon as we thought we would do it because I don't see us being able to do that in one full day. Okay. So we said, well, let's just pick a day and start at another point and see how much longer we can go. Got it. And so that's just going to continue to increase.
1: I love that. I love that. It's a trail that... I mean, at least for me, I've done it a few times and it it hasn't gotten old yet. There's always some sort of wild adventure when, uh, you know, if you go with your friends, it's always going to be a good time. Um, so by the way, I see Elsie, commented that she is watching so okay
2: good hey
0: (laughs) (laughs) i told her it was all her fault that i was that's right
1: right? (laughs) we've got it uh on here forever so it'll go on our podcast it's on the record
0: (laughs) great that i'd have to mention my other buddy kathy murray because we've run five k's and eight k's together okay well and she's in my head sometimes when i run too
1: awesome awesome All right, so we've got, we've covered the Lenape Trail. I I have been peeking over into the chat, and um, some folks are already asking about your consulting firm. So if we could chat about that, I really enjoyed talking with you about it a few weeks ago when we when we spoke. So fill us in about you know what is your consulting firm? How did you get to? starting it up? And, and what does it look like? I know those are really big questions. So you can
0: piece okay kind of, <laughs> of,
1: uh, of where we're going here.
0: Sure. So the name of my firm is Personal Development Solutions, LLC. And I wanted, when I formed it, I wanted a name that really expressed what the business does rather than Rita Williams Bogar and Associates. That doesn't tell you anything. Mm-hmm. That tells you who I am, but it doesn't tell you what the business is. Right. And I focus on leadership development primarily. Mm. So anything related to helping people to lead better, helping people to manage themselves better, and helping people to work better. My goal is to help you to be the best person you can be. And I used to work in corporate America. I, I say I grew up there. I worked in the insurance industry for mm, years. <laughs> <laughs> And I rose through the ranks, started out as a management trainee, worked my way up to director, worked in public affairs for a year, which is why I'm so comfortable on a camera, and I've done some TV work as a result. And public affairs, learning and development, everything to do with leading and motivating people. And one of the things I noticed is there was this gap between here's where somebody needs to be. And here's what their skills are. And I couldn't reach enough people okay. to help to close that gap. Cause that's where my sweet spot is. Yeah. And so I reached the point in my career where I said, I'm bored out of my mind. Yeah. I need to do something else. Cause I got a lot of years left in my family. They live into their eighties.
2: Okay. <laughs>
0: okay. And all I could think was I can't do this 20 more years.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I can't do this. And I had a really great role. I had 135 people I was accountable for, eight states wow. that I was leading, multi-million wow. dollar P&L responsibility. So I could run a business. Great. It was like running a small company.
2: Yeah, totally.
0: And I truly Kim was bored out of my mind. I kept thinking there's something else I need to be doing on this planet. Mm. I don't know what it is, but I need to make room for it. Right. So I went back to school while I'm still employed Okay. and completed my MBA in finance and risk management. And since I worked in insurance, I have a lot of insurance education and knowledge behind me because my parents taught me whatever field you're in, you have to be the most knowledgeable and the best person. At it. So don't just show up. Nice. And, and they also taught me when you're faced with a challenge or a problem, figure it out. They never gave me the answer. They always said, figure it out. And so I figured out I needed to do something else. I went back to school, completed my MBA. And I was in my last class when I decided I was ready to leave. Paid the bills, increased the savings. You know, you don't just wake up and say, here's my two week notice. Right. There's a whole right. strategy behind it and when I left him I was going to just slip out the door and my public affairs training came in and said manage your message manage your image if I had just left and not shown up people would have thought I had gotten fired
2: right or they would have made up
0: their own yeah. story right so I gave my notice and then about a week before I was to leave that's when I told everybody mm. and when I left, in the fall of 2003, I was not going to a new role. Okay. I actually created space okay. for something else to figure this whole thing out. It wasn't a midlife crisis because there was a strategy. <laughs> Get the education, save the money, pay the bills. And I took about six months to figure to decompress,
2: mm.
0: and then figure out what do I want to do? And that's when that whole thing about, here's the role people aspire to here's what their skills are now and they get promoted because they're doing their current job very well and then they get thrown into this leadership position and told go lead and they're just kind of thrown out there right and i like closing that gap helping them with those skills and helping organizations as well so a client will call me and this is the part about being a consultant that i love one of the things A client will call me or a prospect and they will say, can you do a workshop on such and such? And my answer is always, sure I can. Right. (laughs) And then I go figure it out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) My parents said, go figure it out. If it's something I never taught before, I will figure it out so that when the person and the people are sitting in front of me, they think I've been doing it for years.
2: Yeah.
0: Absolutely for years. So I've been independent now 16 years. 16 years, still eating, still traveling, still having fun. Thriving,
1: though. You're thriving. It's yes. Not, it's not like you're just, you know, getting by. It sounds like you're really, really thriving. So what is, um, I'm sure it looks different now than it did six months ago, but what does a typical day look look like for you with, there's a different every day? Yes. I, mean, I think it's probably different every day.
0: The one thing that is consistent is first thing in the morning, I am outside either walking, running, or hiking. Okay. That's how I start my day because okay. that's my quiet time, my head time.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And so I could be behind the computer like now, like today. I, after I got in, I was in a conference to plan, in a meeting to plan a conference that's happening next week. Then I had to redo my presentation for today because all of my data disappeared off my slides (laughs) so I had to recreate my entire presentation Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh and then attended the conference multitasking while recreating the slides presented and then attended and then we have tonight so it could be like that it could be well prior to COVID of course I was in front of people so I'd go to the gym in the morning hurry up and get home to shower dress think about eating jump in the car and drive somewhere. I love the fact that now one of the benefits of being home is that I get to work the hours that are best for me. 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. are my peak hours. Right. So I get to run, I get to do all this other stuff, whatever whatever I feel like doing, and by 10 o'clock, I'm ready to go. Some clients actually want things at eight, so of course <laughs> 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 I'm independent. So yes,
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. So yeah. what are there reoccurring uh, themes that you see for in terms of requests that you get for consulting? Um, maybe that's changed over the last few months. Like, do you have specific requests that you see often of topics that these companies want you to come in and, and talk about with their company?
0: Yes. So one of the changes, excuse me, related since the pandemic has been the big push on helping people to work better remotely
2: Mm. and helping
0: managers and leaders to lead remotely because everybody got thrown into this.
2: Yeah.
0: It's everything is shut down. Go home. You're not coming back. Right. And how many people are sitting at their dining room table or their kitchen table and our kitchen chairs were not made for sitting in for seven or eight hours a day. Right, right. There's no structure. There are other people. My husband now, I call him my coworker, and I have to remember <laughs> to close my door to not hear my coworker when he's on his <laughs> call. <laughs> His calls. And I feel for people who have small children. And now you've gone from being an employee with or a leader, whatever your work was, and now you're a school teacher as well. And kids have their needs. So trying to manage and juggle all that is where I get requested to help companies and individuals navigate that whole thing. Now that we've been at it for, and I've done podcasts on leading and motivating, leading and managing remotely. Okay. And I did three videos, made three videos for the state of New Jersey. One on leading remotely. Oh, did you really? What's that? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I do a lot of training for them, for the state Mm -hmm. as well, which I'm incredibly grateful for. And so now a lot of focus is on conflict management, communications, how to use Microsoft Teams. And that's another one. Somebody said, can you teach? And I said, sure. Now let me go figure out Teams. (laughs) And so I figured it out and okay, we could do these classes. No problem. It's only a computer. I can figure it out. Right. My parents are still in my head. They always said, figure it out. Mm -hmm. And the thing that one of the things I'm also grateful for, Kim, is they did not teach me fear. So when I walked away from corporate with nothing lined up, I didn't know I was supposed to be afraid. Mm. So I wasn't. Right. Because I knew I'd figure it out.
1: Right. And I, mean, I had a
0: great support system.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: So I would love to ask you, cause we've got uh, a consultant on the podcast right now. So, and you've got the unique perspective of being a runner and a hiker. What would your advice be to runners who are at home and they're facing some of those challenges of working remotely you don't have to give us the whole presentation sure
0: no because i couldn't do
2: the whole thing
1: <laughs> yeah but i would i think it'd be cool for you to share and and even maybe i'm sure you talk about having some sort of a routine and yes and, and you know self-care i think that's yes. really cool if we could chat about that for a couple minutes
0: Sure. And thank you for mentioning self-care because that's also a workshop that became in high demand this summer. And I put together a whole workshop strictly on self-care. So the advice I would give you are right. First thing is creating a routine before even creating a routine. The first thing to do is put yourself on your to-do list and make yourself number one on your list. Mm. Because if you don't take care of yourself, there is nothing left for anybody. And then you're worn out, you're exhausted, you're sick, and everybody else is going on about their lives. So make time for you no matter what. That's why I get out and I run, walk, or hike every single day. I've only missed one day since the pandemic started, and that one day was in April. Wow. So, seven days, I don't care, rain, snow, I don't care, I am outside because that's what I need for my head. Right. So, create a routine look at what type of equipment you're making you're using so we're on zoom so i'm sitting here with my laptop and my laptop is propped up so that the camera is at eye level so i can look you in the eye and not be like this you know, <laughs> talking to you carve out some space that's your workspace, mm-hmm. because what's happening too as we're working from home it's very easy to bring the laptop or the tablet whatever you're using into bed with you. Yeah. Separate separate out that space. Okay. Even if it's just a cubby where you've got a a desk a small desk or a small table that's designated for work. Focus okay. on that. Give yourself breaks. Cuz what happens is all of a sudden our stomach starts growling and we're saying, "Oh, I didn't eat." Yeah. And I have a friend who we went out to dinner one night, early dinner, four o'clock. He had not eaten all day. Oh, no. And I'm saying, no, 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 no. That's Definitely. part of putting yourself on your to-do list. <laughs> mm. So, and if you're working for an organization, also check with them to see what kind of support they're offering you. Because people are using their own broadband, unless they're dialing into, dialing the old term, you know, ethernet cable, (laughs) (laughs) work system. So what kind of support? And I say that because there were some employees who, they may have had a bare bones plan and now they've got to do all of this work. And the employers basically said, we're expecting you to do what you need to do. And make sure if you are living with other people that they know when you are on a call so they don't walk behind you in their pajamas, in their underwear. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <There's so laughs> make sure you know straight. what you're wearing
0: from the waist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those are a few of the the highlights of what I definitely yeah.
1: recommend. Those are great. Those are great little nuggets. And I, I know I feel, I feel especially for those I have uh, several friends, well, most of my, my running partners are, are all moms, and they're at home. Most of them are working full-time, and, but they're still their kids are home doing full-time school, and just it seems like this big juggling act that's yes. very challenging for a lot of folks.
0: Yes. I was reading an article that I saved to pocket, and it was written from the perspective of the parent, who is trying to coordinate all of that. And sometimes the assignments are coming in the night before. Sometimes they're not coming in. And one of my dear friends, she has her eight-year-old granddaughter. And she says, Rita, I haven't done math this way.
2: Because the school keeps changing
0: how they teach math. Right. And of course, how we do it is the old-fashioned way. (laughs) Right, right. Yes. So that juggling act, I have friends and clients and colleagues who say they don't get to their work until 3 a.m., And I feel it most for single parents, because when there are two parents, at least you can trade off. When it's just you, can you get a babysitter whom you can trust to give you that break? Right. Having elderly parents, perhaps, you know, having somebody else who can provide that level of support is so, so critical.
1: Well, I've got another question for you. And then I think timing wise, we'll open it up to the group chat afterwards. But I am dying to ask this question because I, I want to hear the answers to this. So two part, it's kind of a vice versa thing of how has running impacted your consulting firm and what you do for a living? And then vice versa, of the work that you do on a daily basis, has that influenced your running journey? So I'd love to hear kind of the, the two sides of the coin
0: Yeah, the yin and the yang of that. Uh So yes, running has definitely impacted my consulting because running has given me even more clarity Mm. of mind because most of the week I'm running or walking by myself. So it gives me that time to just think or I'm listening to a book or I'm listening to music, but it gives me that time to think so that I can be focused. It's helped with my endurance. It's yeah. helped with my stamina. It's given me great stories to talk about. If you want to motivate people and you tell them <laughs> I'm a woman of a certain age and I just started running three years ago.
2: That's right. Go,
0: what? <laughs> you did what? Yeah. And when I can talk about breaking barriers and pushing limits, I have someone who occasionally posts and says, give me some of that. I know they say. I wish I had that kind of energy. And my response is, the more energy I use, the more energy I get.
2: Yeah, I love
0: it. That's what this running has done for me, the running, walking, and hiking. The more I do, the more I want to do. Mm -hmm. How has my consulting impacted my running? I get to use my running stories (laughs) my pictures (laughs) as part of what I do. So when I'm talking to somebody about challenging themselves, And I'm talking to someone about meeting a goal or setting a high bar for yourself. Mm -hmm. I can say, look at how, what I did. Right. You can do it. It really can be done. I'm a person just like you. I get, I go to sleep. Well, I don't sleep a lot, but (laughs) (laughs) five to seven out five to six hours. Okay. Yeah. More than that. I wake up. I just wake up. Right. That's what it is. So yeah, they've been like this, my running, my traveling, it's an integrated life.
1: That's awesome. Now, I, I have to ask this as well as a follow-up, and you're not going to be bragging at all, but what, what do you think you're most proud of in terms of overcoming an obstacle, a barrier, to achieving a goal? Uh, I'll leave that open-ended in terms of you can talk about running or your career. What, if, you, if you had to nail down one thing, what are you most proud of that you've accomplished?
0: That I was willing to make the single best decision for my life, which was leaving my corporate career. Wow. Because a whole world opened up for me. Right. Once I made space. That to me, still, that's the watershed moment yeah. where, had I not done that, and I had naysayers, and that's one you of the on reasons, here. too, I'm right. oh, in my ear.
2: Oh yeah.
0: You can't do that. You should be doing that. You need to stay. You could rise through the ranks. You could do. Right. I wasn't feeling it. Right. I truly wasn't feeling it. So that to me and to have been able to sustain myself Mm
2: -hmm. so
0: that I can live, I truly believe I'm living my best life.
1: I love that. And
0: any year you asked me that I would have said that, but I really feel I'm living my best life.
1: That is awesome. Rita. I love that. (laughs) I love that. And we talked about on the phone a few weeks ago, how, um, you know, we have a little bit of similar stories in terms of me taking the jump with my career, um, how sometimes you get to that point where you have to, you have to give up one thing for something else to really flourish, you know, and it sounds like, you know, you had to make that space to figure out what was coming around. And now it's, it's, it's like, you know, I said to you, you, you can't really imagine life You know, if you hadn't have made that jump.
0: No, I don't even want to think about what that would have been like, because I would have been really bored. I do remember, Kim, because you're right, our stories are similar in that respect. I do remember waking up that first Monday morning, though, saying, what the heck did you just do?
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You just walked away from... Cush what people would perceive as a cushy job you've got responsibility you've got this you've got flexibility and now I am voluntarily unemployed oh my god and I've worked ever since I was 15 years old yeah and now all of a sudden I don't have a job to go to Mm -hmm. and I went from that to once I figured out that January, what I wanted to do, I was thinking in 30 day increments, how am I going to generate revenue for the next 30 days? Mm-hmm. And then it was, oh my God, I'm taking on too much work. Yeah, I've got to back it up because your reputation is what you have, especially as you know, Right. people follow you. They know Kim, they know Sasquatch. So they're following your reputation. And I feel incredibly fortunate and grateful that I am booked a year out.
1: That's amazing. For the work that
0: I do. And I book it around my vacations go on my calendar first, my board commitments, those things that are important to me go on my calendar first. That's
2: awesome. And then I
0: filled everything else around that. And had I not left to make that space, this would not be happening.
1: Right. And that also must have been so challenging too, because it's not like you were in a position where, you know, you were you had to make that change. You know, you, you had, you know, a a high level of success and you were voluntarily stepping out. That I think is, that makes it, must've been so challenging, especially must've made it easy for the folks alongside of you who didn't, you know, you shouldn't leave. I'm I'm sure they were doing that.
0: And I can remember one of my family members one day they were here and I just, I keep moving and they said, do you always work at this pace? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) This is normal. (laughs) And I've met so many incredibly (laughs) wonderful people and I've got a great support network. I mean, it's absolutely wonderful.
1: I love it. Rita, this has been incredible. I do. I'm going to be selfless and allow other people to ask questions. I I could (laughs) chat with you all night, but I promise to allow some time at the end. So let me scroll back up to the top of our chat. And I know we had one come in. Earlier, yes, from from James Leitner. He, well, you touched a little bit on this, but he said, how did you become a speaker? What do you speak about? What were the challenges to start? So we touched a little bit about, about those, but um, if you want to add anything else to that, you're welcome to.
0: Thank you. One of the biggest challenges, James, was figuring out how to price my services mm. because I was used to the employee mindset and somebody asked me, oh, could you do this three-hour workshop? And I said, sure. And I charged them what somebody else paid me as a subcontractor and they jumped at the price. And I said, okay, it's too low. Right. Because they're like, okay, yeah. And one time I did that and they said, you mean that's per session, right?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, def- definitely per session.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was the biggest challenge. And second to that is learning how to invoice to get paid.
1: Because
0: mm. the bigger the company, the slower they are on paying. Okay. Yeah, so now I require deposits. If you want to book my time, you need to make a deposit.
1: Those sound like I've had similar experiences where you make the mistakes once or twice and then you learn. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. awesome. Uh, this is from Sheila Kelly, wants to know, how do you get your speaking engagements?
0: Purely networking and referrals. Mm-hmm. I Another thing I'm grateful for is I have never cold called. I've had people refer me, and I don't even know the people who gave my name Mm -hmm. to someone. So it's purely been referrals, networking. And by networking, I mean strategic networking. That doesn't mean go to an event and give your card to everybody. Right. Go to an event and get to know about other people. Find out what their needs are and look to see how you can help them before you ask them. Mm. for help oh, I've had people say so tell me what you do and I tell them, oh good then you can help me with and I'm thinking yeah you're interested in me right <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah all right this is a question from Jana Jana wants to know do you have a trail name
0: I have to come up with one I don't all I have on my different profiles are breaking, enjoying breaking new barriers or breaking new boundaries. I have to come up with a name. Hmm. I'm we'll going to think about that, Jana.
1: We'll have to come back to you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> this one is funny. This is from Elaine Yee. wants to know, are you going to get Dunkin' Donuts to sponsor you?
2: I'm trying. I hashtag
0: Dunkin' Donuts on every (laughs) I know you do. (laughs) (laughs) Pictures, hashtags. So now what I'm going to have to do is write to Dunkin' Donuts and say, come on, folks, what's up? Don't you see how I'm hashtagging you and advertising? I want them to start paying for these running fees.
1: That's right. (laughs) Or at least
0: give me free coffee for a year or something.
1: (laughs) I love it. You know, I, I will tell you, the Dunkin' Donuts on Northfield Avenue in West Orange. Yes. Across from the zoo. Uh, they have they have given us some donuts for races in the past. So if you want to start there, go in person, maybe chat it up with the manager, see if they'll uh if they'll work maybe I'll it
0: the do it that menu. way. Start locally because they know you? me by name at the Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> <around They> really, <laughs> and
1: Dun-
0: they know my schedule. Rita, you're late. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So a little, a little background we'll have to fill people in is, is you often on your posts for Facebook, you'll, you'll share like finished at Dunkin' Donuts or, or ended at Dunkin', which is intentional, I'm assuming. Yes. yes And my hikes
0: all start at Dunkin's and my runs all finish at Duncan's. yeah Dunkin'. Yes.
1: So what is your, what's your go-to order at Dunkin' Donuts?
0: Now it's a medium hot coffee with caramel swirl and cream.
1: Ooh. that's
0: Yeah. Good. And in the summer, it's iced. Uh-huh. And then now it's hot.
1: So are you into the whole pumpkin spice?
0: I haven't tried pumpkin spice okay. yet. I might have to give it, especially since I'm wearing something that close. Right. I'm, I'm going to have to give it a try because I haven't tried pumpkin spice yet.
1: Okay. And I don't do
0: lattes and all those others. Just give me the coffee with the cream.
1: That's right. <laughs>
0: and the swirl.
1: <laughs> no, you can, it's reliable. You know what you're getting. It's going to be for the most part, good at Dunkin' Donuts.
0: Right. Consistent, yes.
1: Right. <laughs> all right. So we're going to wrap up. I've got one more question. That was all the questions from the chat. I've got one more final question. Okay. So what advice would you give to someone who's maybe was, is in the similar position that you were, or maybe they're unhappy or bored or, you know, uncertain in the path that they're on right now, what advice would you give them in terms of taking steps forward, Um, making decisions, you know, how to navigate that? What, What would you say to that person if you were to chat with them?
0: So what I would say is first, see if you can figure out what brings you joy. What is it that you really love to do? What would you do if you weren't getting paid for it? Mm. because when you start out, you are not making a lot of money, trust me, right, so what would you do if you weren't getting paid for it, and then is what you want to do something that you can still do while you're working, or is it something you need to make a clean break, Mm. because not all side hustles work while you're working, and for what I wanted to do, or figure out what I wanted to do, I could not do that by working every day, because my work takes place mostly during the day, right, and then surround yourself with people whom you trust and who will encourage you, not yes people, people mm. who will encourage you because there are enough naysayers out there yeah, don't worry about them. Find somebody one or two or three or more people who will be supportive of your goals and help you
1: mm. to get there. How about advice if you if you had some folks who maybe they're surrounded with some naysayers? What are some steps they can take to, I'm I'm sure you talk about this in your conflict resolution.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would say this is when believing in yourself is important. It's it's actually, it's critical for your survival Mm. to believe in yourself, to believe that you need to do what you need to do for you. Mm. And I know there are people, just like I said, I had Someone in my ear just telling me, you can't do that, you shouldn't do that, you won't do that. And all I kept thinking was, I have to do it. So now I just have to figure out how am I going to do it while maintaining everything else that I needed to maintain. Mm -hmm. And even though you may be surrounded by naysayers, you don't have to, even if you live with (laughs) the naysayers, you find people outside of your circle. Mm -hmm. who won't crush your dreams and don't share your dreams with the person or people who you know are going to continue to put you down
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah Yeah. it's almost like building kevlar around yourself yeah yeah it feels like that sometimes where i've i've walked into rooms of hostile people and i've said i've got my kevlar on bring it
2: that's right (laughs) and
0: that's what they do (laughs) they start laughing okay good (laughs) yeah don't lose your sense of humor ever
1: totally Totally. Yeah. That's, 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 I, I love that you said that. Cause that's one of the best pieces of advice I got early on in my career of coaching when I coached at the college was to surround yourself with people who will support you, but that also aren't going to agree with you. Right. percent of the time. Cause that's not helpful. If you have folks that are, are always saying yes, 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 yes. People like you just said, that's not going to help you improve as a person. You know? No,
0: no. And if you can, be around people who are where you want to be. Mm -hmm. When I started, I joined Najabo, the New Jersey Association of Women Business Owners. I was in business for a year. These women had been in business for years. And what I did is I developed relationships with any of the women who had been in business five years or more, Mm -hmm. because most businesses fail between nine months and five years. Right. And all I knew was I was never going back inside again because I made that promise to myself. Mm -hmm. And so then one day I realized it's been five years. And then the next thing you know, it's been 10 years. Wow. What is 16? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Not giving up. And I don't hear no. So when somebody tells me no, I hear not yet.
2: Yes, yes.
0: Or I hear, well, maybe there's a question they have that I haven't answered, or maybe there's an objection I haven't covered. And by the third no, then it's, well, not right now. Right. Yeah.
1: Rita, I love this. You know, I told you this on the phone the other day. I could talk with you the entire day. So.
0: Likewise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we are at a little bit after nine. So we're going to wrap this up. Real quick, do you want to share how people can get in touch with you? Maybe if they are part of a corporation, and they're thinking, wow, I'd love to have Rita come in. What's the best way for them to reach out to you?
0: The easiest way is through LinkedIn. Okay. Rita Williams hyphen Bogar. And I'm on LinkedIn. I am not hard to find at all. Awesome. And I do respond to LinkedIn. I've got it mapped to my good old trusty device here.
1: Uh-huh. So
0: I do respond. That is the best way, the fastest way to get to me
1: either that or your Dunkin Donuts, right?
0: Or Dunkin Donuts, you know, <laughs> I will run for Dunkin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is awesome. Well, thank you again, Rita, so much for joining us and being gracious with your time and sharing so much wisdom with us um, and advice. And uh, I'll be honest, some of those questions were personal for me. So I appreciate you sharing your, your, your wisdom and experience with us. So we will have this recording on our Facebook Live. Uh, it will be on our Facebook page, and then we will upload it to our new podcast, Sasquatch Trail Runners. You can find that on iTunes, uh, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever podcasts are streaming. You can listen to this. And if you want to find out more about Sasquatch Trail Running, you can find us online, SasquadTrailrunning.com or on social media at SasquatchTrailRunning. So until we see you again, keep it squatchy.